the dairy market has seen significant shifts over the last two years. These years have brought changes in production, exports, pricing, and other factors that have forced the dairy industry to adapt and innovate. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report. Ben Lane, Senior Dairy Analyst at Terrain, says the outlook for 2024 appears promising. The last two years, 2022 and 2023 so far, have been very different from each other. Uh, 2022 was great, largely because exports were so strong, and, and especially cheese. We, we had a big advantage in terms of really strong cheese exports, which is not the norm for the industry, but it's been a positive trend. 2023, we saw those exports slow down for a few reasons, but mostly because we just kind of got priced out of the, the global market. So when those went away, we saw you know prices milk prices really suffer and they dropped pretty quickly down to some pretty dismal lows that triggered a lot of insurance payments and DMC programs to levels that we hadn't seen before uh, so i think you know we've learned more lessons about how we have come through these two years and how volatility is probably you know here to stay it's going to be a fact of life and we're going to have to figure out how to how to manage that going forward especially as we become more reliant on global markets what has this done for production how has herd size or production changed accordingly with those trends well we've seen a lot of shifts Uh, i mean we're always sort of going through consolidation in various forms but it is something that we're seeing you know people start to position how they make milk and look at efficiencies especially when you have kind of limitations on your ability to grow milk production. So we don't, we're not just in nonstop growth mode because you've got a lot of base programs, you've got other things in place that are limiting production expansion. So we're forced to look at kind of new ways of, of getting benefits from scale and looking at things like dairy on beef cross and all sorts of new ways to sort of improve our efficiency and manage in, in these new this new era. Can you tell me about the impact the beef market has on our milk prices? It's been huge. It's in a position where for those especially that can take advantage of dairy beef cross, it's been a big benefit in terms of not only getting that added revenue on on the calf side, but you know, those are heifers that they're not having to deal with raising at this point. So it helps with the ability to not, you know, when you can't really grow expansion, grow your production, that's been a big benefit and able not to have to hold on to as many heifers as we might normally have otherwise. And on the other side, slaughter rates have been high because, you know, cattle, beef cattle prices are high and, and it's really just pulled up all those markets. So it's helped us kind of like trim our milk production and sort of hold us back from really growing when we had a big year like 2022. So we're still keeping production relatively steady. We're just looking at ways to kind of optimize that production now. How has cattle numbers on the beef side driven prices up kind of dramatically and pulled on the dairy herd from both ends of that? It's been driving prices, both, uh, you know, cull cow prices. It's been on the dairy and beef side. And just, you know, livestock prices generally have been so strong. So it's it's really helped keep us at lower levels of heifer inventory. So we don't see that same influx when we have high prices. We don't see the available heifers to really grow in a quick way. And then also we're seeing, you know, a drive towards increasing slaughter rates on the other end. So it's helped kind of keep us in efficiency mode and trying to drive as much milk as we can with as few actual milk cows as we can and getting the beef revenues from either side of that as much as possible. High beef prices are driving those call values higher. And as a result, you know, dairy cow slaughter rates are up dramatically. How will lower supply offer any price support with that? Well, I think it it just holds us back from, you know, when we see a glimpse of good prices, it holds us back from overproducing suddenly and responding to that. So it makes the milk supply less responsive, and that helps us maintain strong prices when we do have that strong demand. And we do still have strong domestic demand. Export demand has been the part that's been a little shaky. But on the supply side, on milk supply, it is helping to provide a little bit more support so that we're able to... uh, 
when we see opportunities for higher prices because of strong demand, it helps us from not overshooting the mark on responding to that and overproducing milk like we might have in the past. And now kind of expanding on the export market aspect, what trends are you expecting that you're seeing now and how's that going to be affecting trends moving forward? So in 2022, a lot of what we saw that was positive was strong cheese exports. And that's been a big benefit. A lot of that goes to, to Korea and Japan um, and Mexico. Mexico's really been the bright spot. So while we've seen a lot of slowdown in Southeast Asia, we are still seeing strength in Mexico that's helped carry us through that. So that's been a big benefit. Um, But it's really, you know, we were in a situation where the U.S. cheese price was at a discount to the rest of the world. Our other competitors in New Zealand and the EU, that helped open some doors. That was really good for us. We're not as much at a discount now, so we kind of get priced out of those markets because the global markets are commodity-driven. It's a a commodity market, so if we're priced out of it, we lose a good chunk of those sales. So that's, that's what's driving a lot of the volatility that we see. But on balance, the net impact is definitely positive. And I think there's long term, there's a lot of good opportunity for the U.S. to continue to grow our market share in the global market. So it's if we can work through that volatility, that's kind of a piece of that global market, uh, then I think we're in a good position to, on balance, see some higher prices and benefit from that in the long run. Can you touch on the combination, the relationship moving forward between Class 3 and Class 4 and some changes or impacts that you can see moving forward that would be beneficial for our farmers? Yeah, so right now, um, we're seeing a really big divergence between Class 3 and Class 4. The next couple of months, the futures are looking like Class 4 is going to be 4 to $5 above Class 3. So that's way out of the normal range. It's not you know as bad as it had been in a couple of years ago, but it's enough that you start seeing things like depooling. And it does also kind of regionalize some of the benefits to where you've got heavier class four markets they're going to be feeling a little better than than places like the upper midwest where you're more class three heavy at a time like this so there it adds to the volatility Uh, a lot of that has been driven by kind of the simultaneous slowdown in cheese exports plus you've got pretty good domestic demand for butter and relatively tight markets there cream prices are high so butter prices have skyrocketed to all-time highs uh it's I think it's it's beneficial. The, the strong butter prices are a benefit, but I think there is still that sort of second-degree impact of that's just one other factor that's going to keep adding to some of the volatility as we see incentives for depooling and things like that start to come back up. And transitioning now into the farm bill, the milk marketing hearings, what are some key things that you're listening in on and focusing on for moving forward that everybody should be paying attention to. As far as the farm bill goes, there's some uncertainty. It's going to be delayed a little bit. I'm not too concerned about it not happening, and there's not as much pressing issues. I think the dairy margin coverage program is in a pretty good good place, so there's not the same urgency um, as there had been from a dairy point of view. So that'll that'll take some time, but I think ultimately we'll, we'll get there. Uh, the federal milk marketing order, it's definitely complex. There's a lot going into the hearings to try and rethink how we price milk, but at the end of the day, I think the impacts are going to be relatively minimal it's going to be it's going to come out looking a lot like it does now and it's going to take a long time we still got a long ways to go before that happens i think we got to be a little careful of hopefully we don't tweak it too much and have some unintended consequences but i do think that you know hopefully we'll we'll help fix a few things that have been broken and and we'll help marketing happen a little more smoothly going forward let's touch on 2024 what is your outlook for the next year ahead Generally speaking, I think next year milk prices are looking good. They're looking similar to what we've been seeing uh, the last month or so. Kind of once we bounced off the, the lows, we've kind of fallen into this $18 range, 18 to $19 range. That's what futures are looking at. I, I don't have a reason to really disagree with that right now, but I think that... Uh, 
it's going to feel a lot better with feed prices coming down. There will still be high interest expenses and their labor is still going to be a challenge. There's still going to be high costs, but feed prices will provide some relief for sure. So I think if we keep prices kind of where they're at, they're going to feel a lot better margin-wise as we look into next year. But there's still going to be volatility. So if folks haven't started thinking about how they're going to manage through that, that continues to be an important piece. I think that it, it, there's not one trend that I would point to other than kind of this category of changes where we've seen things outside of traditionally what we think of as like the core milk business. These are the things that are being the challenges. It's labor, it's feed, it's energy, it's interest, uh, all these costs that are kind of throwing things. And on the demand side, other macroeconomic pressures the consumers are feeling. And then on the, you know, the silver linings, you've got things like beef markets and beef on dairy. So it's all these kind of markets and factors around the, the core business that are really driving some of the changes. So you've got to just stay on your toes, keep an eye out for what's what's there, how you're going to innovate, how are you going to keep things thinking about how you participate in these things and I think that's going to be increasingly important in the in the year ahead and, and beyond that. Ben Lane, senior dairy analyst at Terrain along with us and as he said despite lingering challenges such as high interest expenses and labor shortages the dairy industry should experience better margins come 2024. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.